Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the timeless child as she travels the vortex and landed at episode 463, where she discovers everything we know about her is a lie. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. Or are we? <laughs> I'm Sean. <laughs> Jeez, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still Glenn. It's just I happen to have lived more lives oh, prior to my originally what I thought was my first life. So It's pretty impressive. Which is just this one. So I've apparently had a life before this one. <laughs> I'm at Sean. Least one. <laughs> this is the hill I will die on. <laughs> Was Chris Chibnall watching Brain of Morbius and went, you know what I could do? I could fix this. It's going to drive him nuts. <laughs> oh, man. Do you guys have a good week? I think we need to have an episode where we rank the troll factor of each <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't even consider this trolling. Oh. I, this isn't a troll. This is not a troll. It is. It is. It, 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 inevitably trolled people in a way this is more this is this is lore busting is what this is this isn't trolling this is lore busting i will talk about that a little bit (laughs) it was a good week (sighs) do anything fun (laughs) you can sing lore busters I did not. I read some more, but I'll wait till you guys talk about your stuff because I'll do my little uh, mini reviews real quick. Mm-hmm. They're Doctor Who related, so I'll wait. I uh, got through a few more discs of uh, Catalyst. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm enjoying right. it. Well, I, I see what you mean about there's a lot of. Do we really need to know that? Okay. <laughs> but it's still interesting. It's very strange. I, I don't know why, because obviously we got that visual in Attack of the Clones and all freaked out when Pago the Lesser holds up the thing and it projects the Death Star ball, and we all went, <gasps> It's weird to me to hear them talking about building it while the war is still going on. I know, but it makes total sense. It totally makes sense, but it, it's... yet it's just... That's, that's, that, no, that's another era that belongs in a different... <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're looking at this, the timeline of the Republic, this has a different symbol on this part of it. But Despite the fact that we see the, the frame of it at the yeah. end of the yeah. I, I think that's what it's, makes it work. Is it, we, see, is what, we see Pogba yeah. Lesser shows it to us in the little schematic thing that he has. And then later, uh, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, we see the, the, the core frame of it. So. It's, it's, it, it but it's still totally kind of a, one of those... I, it's, it's one of those things that I never put together until reading that book of, oh, yeah, they would have to be building it during the war yeah. in secret. Well, and the fact that it's Genosian labor. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a cool way to tie the prequels into the original it is. trilogy. And it, it, yeah. Like I said, it totally makes sense. And it's a viable, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But my brain is still going, eh. <laughs> <laughs> And you guys know me, I have less problems with the prequels than most people, so I should be all over this. But for whatever reason, it's like, ah. huh. So, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm enjoying it. That's oh, good. We finally watched Frozen 2. What'd you think? I like it. I think it's pretty good. So did we. 10,000 times. <laughs> I think part of why I like it is it's not Frozen 1. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah. <laughs> 
and it's it's I think it's got a slightly better story to it. There's the songs aren't quite as good, but I'm getting to find beginning to find myself singing them a bit more. So you know what? It, I wasn't wild by the first movie's songs either right away. It just occurred to me that you watched Frozen over and over and over and over again because of Shy. And you watch Frozen over and over and over again because of Gemma. And you don't have an excuse? I don't have an excuse. <laughs> I just watch it over and over and over I again. I love Disney. <laughs> Sorry, Keith. No, that's all right. <laughs> Gwen gets up in the morning, let it go. I do. I, I, that, it, it, I haven't watched it in a while. I watched it one more time before we went and saw Frozen 2. But it's one of those ones that I'll get up and I'll just have it run in the background. Just one of those movies. It's gotten to the point where I... I start to find something else to do instead of sitting in the living room when Frozen's on. It's not driving me that crazy. It's just, I'm, okay, I've seen it enough times. And I'm normally one that will rewatch stuff pretty easily. Yeah, I think that's what drives me crazy is the fact that it, it, it's not that it's on. It's not that it's on again. It's the fact that I'm sitting here watching it because it's, it really is just that good. And I've sucked every <laughs> single little morsel I can out of that, off that bone. <laughs> There's nothing new for me to glean from this movie anymore. I'm, I'm like that uh, parent from that Blockbuster commercial staring off into space going, what's up, little pop? <laughs> <laughs> but Frozen 2, I think... Some of it suffers because it knows that, you know, its audience watched the movie so many times ad nauseum, and so it wants to remind you of it in order to hit those feels. But at the same time, doesn't necessarily take into account that not that a lot of people came to it afterwards. So, like, there's a lot more mature things in it than I think maybe, than I think, well, I know that then Jim is ready for, but it's like, yeah, I get that they're making the movie for kids six years later, the, the same audience, but they're not taking into account the fact that they've gained more audience as it's gone, not since the initial release. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it it almost matured too much for the groups of people that have glommed onto it in Disney Plus or when it hit Blu-ray and once it really took off. That's it really is one of my small complaints. Place where it, it it very much is aimed at that same audience that saw it and now has grown up six years later. So here's here's this more adult story, and yet we're going to spend so much of the movie recapping the first movie like you maybe don't remember it. It's like no, we remember it pretty good. <laughs> um, we really don't need to be retold what happened. Yeah, uh, and and there's a lot. There's a lot of recap. There's a lot of remember this. This was funny. Hey, do you remember this character doing that thing? We're going to do that again. But not as bad as it could have been. It could it, it wasn't a rehash. I was oh, about yeah. to say, that's, I, that's it the thing. I have seen movies that just completely retread the same jokes. And I thought this one did a, a nice job of, of hearkening back, but not retreading things, out and out retreading. I mean, well, there, even there's the, some sh- shadows of similarities and stuff. But. Even to some extent making fun of the first movie. Yeah. At several times, so... I have one small complaint, but I'm not going to go into it here just because I need to go watch the deleted scenes to see if they're, it resolves my issue. Hmm. But Now I'm curious. It's with Kristoff. Okay. I th- I th- okay, I'll, I will go into it here. <laughs> <laughs> he has his great uh, power ballad in the forest. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you, we don't really see him again by himself or anything until he finally meets up with Anna 
and then it's action, 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 and then they talk, and he's like, it's okay, I didn't have any problem with you running off. My love's not fragile. But you were just singing about it kind of being fragile. Where was that bridge that got him to where, you know, that doesn't bother him? Yeah, why, I, why I is, sort of noticed that as well. I thought it was a, a really abrupt turnaround. Why is the next time we see him riding the reindeer, swooping in in the nick of time to save her? That, that part I'm fine with. I mean, but but what, <laughs> what, 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 you were just here, and, you're, and now all of a sudden you're here, and you're... What I mean, I I can kind there, of put the some, pieces together of he went back to join the group yeah, of them. There, but there's some the emotional journey. story. I agree because I kind of feel like there wasn't enough Kristoff in the film altogether. So yeah, yeah. I think it probably it got cut on the you know, yeah. The, the I think so too. Part. So I want to go watch the deleted scenes to see if it it's there. Hmm. That's my only real complaint with the film. Can't wait to start watching it ad nauseum. I've had that in my head for a long time. I will say that I I, I think I like it better now that I've seen it several more times. Um, (laughs) Not that I didn't like it. The movie or the song? Both. Oh, exactly. (laughs) Like when it was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Song, I went, really? But then they played it at the Academy Awards, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's that one. Yeah, but they jazzed it up, having all the different vocalists do it. I also... for once, I think I kind of like the uh, cover version better in the credits. I like the Panic at the Disco version a lot. A little bit more than the actual film version. And the Weezer version is pretty good, too. Not of that song, but the other song. You know. <laughs> Have you guys watched that music video? Uh-uh. No, not yet. Oh, it's hilarious. It? <laughs> they pretty much reenact the entire scene, but it's them. And they, <laughs> they even get Kristen Bell to come in and play Anna's part in that scene. It's, <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, oh, good old Weezer. Did you watch anything, Sean? Did you watch anything else? No, I've seen that several times, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yes, I did. I watched Frozen 2. <laughs> Again. Several times. And again. We've only watched it twice. So that's pretty good. Shai was so happy. She's been, because they've been advertising it, you know, pre-available on digital. She's like, I want to watch it. We don't have that one yet. It's right there. (laughs) (laughs) You got to wait. I'll go buy the disc and then it'll be there for reals. And then it was there for reals. And she just was like, ah. (laughs) Um, No, not really. Kind of a quiet week. Did you watch anything? I did not watch. Well, wait a minute. Did I watch something? No, I didn't watch anything this week. No, Hermitcraft started again, so I've been watching that on YouTube. So that's what. What? One of my Minecraft series on YouTube. They just started a new season, so everybody's everybody has started from scratch, and that's kind of fun. I, I I got on board kind of. Oh, just after the season began last year, but everybody had already kind of established bases and stuff, and and uh, had really kind of got going, and they had a lot of materials. This is fun to watch all of them go back to scratch. And it kind of ha- makes me go, no, that might be kind of fun to go back and start from scratch. But, uh, but just... I'm not building this roller coaster. <laughs> if you're, you're going to reboot you know, you, the realm, you I'm can, not no, you can, you can finish the roller coaster. Um, no, it's just it, it's a lot of fun to watch these guys. These these pros go back to you know having to use stone tools and stuff. It's just like real primitive. Anyway, that's uh, neither here nor there. No, I uh, I read some more of the Doctor is Who this a, first Real Doctor quick, comics. is this a fictional... Um, like is there a plot or is it just guys yeah, playing Minecraft? It's just really it's it's basically collab let, let's play. It's one big server where a lot of people are doing what we do on Mintopia, where they've they've they're they've created community. They have their own bases with they, you know, do their own stuff, but they also come together and make shops and stuff like this. They 
they coordinate some like sub lines, some plots. It's not really fictional. I mean, they're they're themselves acknowledging I'm a YouTuber playing Minecraft, but they'll have little end game stories that'll happen. Like one, they had a big civil war last year where they a prank war ended up becoming they became two factions on two sides, and then they had these big giant prank wars where they built these big bases, and then it that divulged into. Uh, a capture the flag game where they they fortified their bases and the the other team had to try to go in and get the four the three of the flags and then they had this big all it was it, it's a lot of fun but it's but it, this is the last year was the longest one they've done they've usually they last about a year last year it went about a year almost two years and that was the longest season they'd ever done so they did a lot of stuff on it but it, it's just it's little and each you don't have to watch everybody but there's at least see last year i think there was a dozen people on there some come and came and went uh, this year, like there's a bunch of them. Or this season, there's a bunch of them on there. But um, you don't have to watch everybody. You can kind of pick your favorites, and each one of them has their own, you know, channel that they're doing their stuff. But you'll find yourself watching one guy named Grian, and he will have interacted with somebody else on the server, and then you end up going watching their video because you know you got interested in what they were doing, and that's kind of how I went down that rabbit hole. Is there was a couple of guys I were watching, and I followed them over to Hermitcraft, and then I started watching everybody on Hermitcraft. So. There's some I don't watch because they're just a little dry and boring, but hmm. I won't say who they are because I don't want to hurt any feelings. But. And you have time for this. No, not really. It's <laughs> <laughs> another thing that kind of goes on in I'm the background. Not, I'm not passing judgment. <laughs> I'm just making a comment. No, no, no. It's it's that stuff that kind of goes on in the background while I'm doing other things too, you know. So, No, I don't have time for it at all, but I still end up doing it. And I sat there and I've, I've watched four or five episodes from from the week of people. There's another cool thing is there's two guys that do what's called hermit crap recap crap two recap recap, which they will go and do clips. So it's like a best of of the week from everybody's videos. Sometimes that one's that one's fine fine enough just to catch up with what's going on in the server if I missed a week or missed some people. But anyway, no, I I, I read some more uh, first doctor uh, uh, stories so. I was going to this do is continuing f- on with your great comic reread. Yeah, so for anybody that maybe didn't wasn't listening last week, I've gone back and I've decided to do uh comic stories for all the doctors starting the first doctor and I'm using uh a website and I should have had it pulled up here. Uh Give me a second. I want to give this guy credit again. It's that guy that's got everything logged and cataloged as far as timeline wise yes. right ispider.org.uk yeah it's uh, it, it's called the complete adventures is what the website is and it's by a guy named Andrew Kearley and I'll put the I'll put the link in the front show notes again but I I did get in the show notes last week too so uh anyway but I'm using his and and, and as I said he kind of has put everything in kind of a quasi chronological order of how things uh, and you know it's 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 kind of an a uh, you know Lance Parkin did uh a history, which is basically him squeezing everything in into the unit, which this, that'll be fun to see how they. <laughs> 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 I'd like to see him write another edition, but good uh, luck. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it, it you know it, that's that's my, been my source, and so on his list as far as the the comics go, uh, next in line was the uh, in be- uh, in between times, which this was the humble bumble humble bum humble. Humble. Thank you. Bundle. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> this was the humble bundle offering that Titan gave out that was an exclusive for a while, and then they included it in the Seventh Doctor collection, which 
you guys actually had read. You guys read and reviewed it when we did the Seventh Doctor Collection. Because if you'll remember, I had oh, read. Yeah, that's right. I had read the individual I- issues, which didn't have it. Yeah. You guys had read the collection, and that was in there. And this would be why. Yeah. So this is the one where they're in the TARDIS, and Ian and Barbara go, and they find the art collection that that uh, um, um, uh, Susan is, you know has has done. She's got all these different things, and uh, what I really liked about it was they kind of they. They do something that wasn't done in the series back in the day. They the the companions get to explore or get a little bit of a tour of the depths of the TARDIS of what's going on. And I think one one of the things that stood out to me was the Doctor has this like laboratory with this big creature in a glass jar. And I keep thinking, what is this creature doing <laughs> in a glass jar? What are you doing with this creature? But um but I, I liked it. I thought it was kind of funny. It had, you know, a few little meta moments in it, um, especially the doctor uh, miss uh, uh, miss saying uh, Ian's name, you know, because that was something that, you know, had that comic come out 30, 40, 50 years ago, 40 years ago, they, they wouldn't have done that. It's not right. something they would have shown. But now that that's become such a part of who history and it's become a thing that, that they, they do that. And I think it's kind of neat that it, it, it <laughs> It it almost makes an excuse for it happening back then. It's no longer a flub. It's a part of the Doctor's character, which right. I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but I had to, you know, I had to, I had to chuckle at that a little bit. Uh, Susan still feels very alien here, which I like because if if going based on uh, Keeley's uh, list here, this is shortly after Marco Polo. This is right around that same, you know, early on. We're just learning about the Doctor and Susan, and she does feel very, very alien. Very in those early ones, she's very kind of. She's not your typical, you know, Earth teenager because she's not obviously. She's an unearthly child. Yeah, so um, I like that. But overall, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was neat. It's a little interlude, you know. So there's not there's not much to it, which goes comes to my second one, which I think we have read as well. I'm confirming with Keith during the week because I couldn't remember this story at all. But uh, in the third Doctor or the thirteenth Doctor's um, new se- or when she got her new series, they did the mini lives of Doctor Who, which was a several different stories from all of the Doctor's eras, and they were very short stories. This is the first part in this one called the Path of Skulls. Well, uh, it was written by Richard Denick, um, and it was part of the the mini lives of Doctor Who, and uh, this also still follows Marco Polo as far as the order goes. Um, I liked it. It was very short and sweet. This is the one where they've landed on this planet. They they basically find a path of skulls. I mean, it's literally what, what it's called, what it says. And Ian and Barbara immediately assume the worst, that it's some sort of like, at the, you know, because at, at the end of the path, there's this big altar-looking thing. And they, they, they automatically, I mean, Ian's already presuming that it's, these are the skulls of the victims that have been sacrificed on this, you know, altar at this path. And the doctor kind of looks at it from a different way because he sees that no, this is these 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 are people or these creatures are being revered and remembered, and this is like kind of a monument to them. And that's simply all it is, just to give you a little insight into the character of how the the companions may think one way because they're not quite as learned as the doctor as far as exploration and travel. So I thought that was kind of neat. Um, I, I can remember that, that one, one now. You do remember that one? You don't remember. <laughs> Now that I'm looking at the pictures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and that was what I looked at and sort of remembered it too, but I didn't remember the story. I definitely was... remember the the collection because it's bookended with, the it's the 12th Doctor telling the 13th Doctor as he's regenerating. During the regeneration, yeah. Remembering these stories. 
Yeah, and that I, and part I remember. I remembered the setup to that as well. Yeah, but I just I this story this particular piece I didn't remember at all. I just I I had blocked that story out or completely forgot that story. Because so. it was the first one you read, and you had could be 12. I had to go through twelve more to go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the next one uh, is called Religious Experience. I did, sorry, I did four this week. I'm running through them really quick, though, so I don't take up too much time. Religious Experience, it's uh, writer's Tim Quinn. This is actually from uh, the Doctor Who yearbook, 1994. So this is a little bit older. It goes back. According to Keeley's Guide, it takes place uh, between the Space Museum and the Chase. So as you know, it's got, um, uh, still has uh, Barbara uh, and Ian, but Vicky is now traveling with, with them. Um but we find that Ian and the Doctor are exploring, and Vicky and Barbara have stayed back with the TARDIS, and the two get uh, rescued, or they, the two come across these local tribesmen on this planet, and uh, they're fighting this giant worm, or they're not necessarily going to fight it. They're, they're, they're trying to scurry from it, or this worm's attacking them. Well, the, <laughs> the Doctor and Ian sort of come to the rescue by the Doctor providing Ian with a cricket ball. <laughs> <laughs> which is very similar or maybe perhaps the same cricket ball that the, the fifth doctor carries around. And then the 10th doctor ends up using in, uh, what was the story he used that? Was it in human nature? No. Yes, it was in human nature. Yes. Um, and uh, he ends up clobbering the worm, throwing it, clobbering the worm with it. And the worm scurries off and he saves these tribesmen. So the tribesmen sort of take them back to their, uh, village or their tribe or whatever. And, uh, you know, or, uh, you know, uh, uh, showering them with with praise and gifts and things like that and uh they eat them no they don't eat them but but they're 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 well we're getting there but the, the, the doctor and ian are kind of having this conversation as ian sort of feels uncomfortable about being praised by these you know people and the doctor's you know kind of just soaking it up saying well you know they don't know any better this is kind of their way and it's not until they realize that they're about to offer a young female for sacrifice in their honor that ian decides well this is enough and the doctor says yeah maybe we should do something about this <laughs> ian goes up and punches the guy that's gonna sacrifice her and they decide they're not gonna sacrifice her and ian's like okay that's enough we're, we're off and he takes off they you know he leaves and the doctor leaves they get back in the tardis and they take off and they have the they have a little conversation about the you know the doctors say well they don't know any better because they're you know simple-minded that we we already experienced this with the aztecs it's kind of the same boat and uh ian throws back the well you said you know our interference there kind of changes time we shouldn't be doing that blah 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 uh it ends with a little coda of the seventh doctor coming back to revisit and to these these tribes in order to sort of maybe he's over the years sussed out that perhaps they didn't quite put a finale on it and when he comes back they have these huge monuments to the doctor and ian and they have been uh basically worshiping them for all of these years and he says and he simply just ends it with saying uh you know it's time to end this and so that's kind of where they end it and it's it Nice little coda on it, puts a dot on it. it. Not the greatest of story. It's a little wordy. There's not a lot that goes on, but it was kind of an interesting story. And then the third story I did, which this was my favorite of them. It's called Are You Listening? It was by Warwick Gray. This was in Doctor Who uh, magazine, summer of 1994, which is weird that these both were 1994. Uh, this one is Stephen and Vicky, and they arrive with the Doctor on a planet that looks like this massive city. It's kind of almost croissant-ish, croissant-ish. but... But there's no life. It's devoid of life. There's nothing. 
But the thing is, you're on a Sunday. <laughs> you're you're getting the dialogue of the, the the narrator the the narrator in this story is not the doctor or Ian or Vicky. In fact, we don't hear any dialogue from them at all. The dialogue comes what pre- is perceived to be uh, a self aware city, and this city is self aware, and it's. It, it it almost seems excited that there's these new visitors and it wants to contact them and talk to them and, and, and you know, ask them questions. It doesn't really go into why or, or what, what facilitated the fact that it's self-aware and that there's nobody in the city, but it sends these drones in order to make contact with them in order to get some questions answered and communicate with them. Well, it ends up scaring the doctor and Ian and, and Vicky off. And so they end up running from it and it. That's kind of how it ends there is the 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 city was just trying to reach out and and inquisitively ask questions, learn about the visitors and indirectly scared them off because they were felt they were being confronted by uh, these drones that were, you know, out coming to attack them or, or they smile. Yeah. 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 It was very much smile. And so, uh, and that's, that's, it's simply that, that's it. That's all the story is. Now, later in the story, and I didn't go on because I'm waiting for my seventh doctor read, uh, the doctor, I did peek ahead. The doctor returns as the seventh doctor again, uh, to this city. And the, uh, and from what I gleaned from just the little bit I read is they realized there was a misunderstanding at that point. So I'm excited to go further on and read this and see how this, you know, kind of the coded to this as well. Cool. So those were the four that I did, um, and I have started uh, Doctor Who and the Kleptons, which is the very first story in TV, not TV action, uh, TV comics, which is the ones where he's traveling with his granddaughter and grandson, John, Jill- John and Jillian. So uh, it'll be my review for next week. And nice. so he's put those not before the series he is right not before and there and a reason being and i and and i and he's not the only one that's done this there's been a lot of people that have argued for this but uh his he has placed these stories during the point where uh steven is already uh traveling with him but i think it is post sarah kingdom in fact i think if i well i can look here i think it is after it is. It's after the Daleks uh, master plan. Uh, and it says in here that uh, having glimpsed the future, the doctor's more more aware of his mortality. And I think there's some other stories in here that have happened that, that is leads to this. And uh, he's coming to terms with his uh, upcoming regeneration. So having been granted some degree of freedom by Rassilon from an earlier story, he decides not to return to Stephen immediately but to travel on his own for a while. So I'm assuming in one of the stories between uh, the TV story, The Dog's Master Plan, and the books, and I think, uh, I guess they're Big Finish Companion Chronicles, and one Doctor Who Monthly uh, story, apparently uh, there's an encounter with, with Rassilon. And so that's why he's kind of placed him here. In fact, there are some more stories following that that also take place uh prior to even him traveling with John and Jillian. But so he has placed those kind of late in the doctor's uh, timeline. Yeah. Hmm. So those are coming up now. And, and again, I, I, I'm just strictly don't going in his order. There's no right or wrong as to where these are placed. And a lot of people will say, you know, they're not canonical anyway, so they don't count. But 
with me, I kind of try to make everything part of continuity, and I appreciate the fact that so does Andrew Curley. <laughs> <laughs> his list, I'm, I'm scrolling through his list. It's pretty impressive. It is impressive, and he's been keeping up with it, which is why I really appreciate yep. so, so, so skip to the end. And uh, let me know when the Master destroys Gallifrey. When is that set? <laughs> <laughs> he does not have uh, uh, Timeless Children in there. He's got Ascension of Cybermen in there, but he does not have... Um, he hasn't updated the uh, most recent episode. Oh, bother. <laughs> so there you go. If I'm not boring you, I'll uh, continue <laughs> doing some of these. No, I think it's interesting. Yeah. All right, well, shall we move on to news? Yes. As you probably saw, the after the credit, if you watch through the credits, um, the Doctor will return in Revolution of the Daleks. That will be this year's festive special. They are not committing one way or another <laughs> if it's going to be Christmas or New Year's. I think they're probably going to wait and see how the schedule winds up, <laughs> where they need to place it. I had actually got spoiled on that before the episode, before I even saw the episode. So uh, I. Luckily, I did get spoiled on the episode, uh, but I had seen a little quick blurb on Twitter or something that, oh, so we are getting a holiday special this year. And yeah. so I was like, oh, okay. So I avoided the rest of the day the internet after I saw that because <laughs> I thought, well, I don't want to know anymore. And then so when I saw, you know, the Doctor will turn Revelation of the Daleks, I went, oh, okay. Well, That's pretty much all <laughs> it was. Be, must have been what it was. Uh, the only other bits that we kind of get out of this is that all three companions will be starring in the upcoming festive episode, as well as Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor. What's the name of this again? Revolution. 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 So we have another R. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, uh, yeah. Now uh, the fifth, fifth R. Yeah. <laughs> Are you counting resolution? Are you counting resolution? In parentheses, even though it's not there. Parentheses of the, of the Daleks. Yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced the only reason they didn't do it was because there was only one Dalek. That's true, because it wouldn't be of the Daleks. It'd just be of the Dalek. Yeah. Resolution of the Dalek. Which would have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, it still would work as Resolution of the Daleks because you could argue that he was the resolution. Of the Daleks, of the of this of the race, of the species, of the because it starts out explaining about the Dalek That's War true. and how they they buried the parts of the the final Dalek, the Scout Dalek that went. But he is the resolution of That's the Daleks. True. Yeah. Okay, head cannon. <laughs> <laughs> it still works. Somebody hand me a sharpie so I can go mark on my Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> Let's print off a new one. Uh, next in news, they have announced a new short story and novella collection called I Am the Master, <laughs> Legends of the Renegade Time Lord. So previously there was a, a collection of short stories just about Missy. This is going to cover six of his, in, uh, his incarnations, uh, including a quest to free alien warlords, a dangerous mission to save a vital ally, a meeting with Bram Stoker, Bram Stoker, uh, shattering of lives on a distant world, a trial of wits to gain untold power, and also a story from the Master's latest incarnation during his 77 years of imprisonment on Earth. Do we know it was 77 years? Well, it follows because she dumped him in World War II. Oh, okay. 
Oh yeah, yeah. That seventy seven years. Yeah. Okay. Seven years. Okay. Oh, you're not talking the when he's in disguise. Yeah, I yeah, was okay. thinking when he was yeah. in disguise. But yeah, no, that makes more sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be seventy seven years. I'm sure I'll read it. I don't know that I can get all excited about it. For for the same reason that while I like the character and I like I like Missy, but I didn't run out and grab that book either. And I think part of that is because I can't get as excited about something that doesn't that's tangentially re- related to the doctor, you know. And if the doctor's involved, I'm all on it. I'm all in it 100%. If it's kind of tangential, I'm not as interested, although we've, you know, obviously gotten into the Lethbridge Stewart series which has no doctor whatsoever yeah. and we're thoroughly enjoying it. So I'm not saying that I wouldn't enjoy it. It's just it doesn't spark any interest in me right away. It's something that when I fall across later, I, I end up enjoying, but it's not something that gets me excited to go out and, and pursue it right away. So, Part of it, too, I think, for me, is the, the newness. Um, when, when you come back with, remember that one character from that one episode? We give you this. It's like, oh, cool. All right. When it's, hey, remember that character you saw last week? Yeah, <laughs> that's certainly true. Uh, unless it's Baby Yoda, <laughs> I'm not sure I need more of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had so much of the Master in general. It's yeah. not just this incarnation, it's yeah. six incarnations. So it's not like it's, you know, I'm dying to know more about this version. It's a variety. So it's kind of like, oh, it's a cool collection to have, but I'm now, not if they put Eric Roberts on the cover, mm, mm-hmm. yeah, then the movie. I wonder if Eric will be one of the six incarnations. You know what I'm, I'm more excited about, and I'm going to flub this because I can't remember what the name of the group is either, but there's a, there's a company out there, uh, a group, I think it's more of a, a fan group that does their own publications, but uh, that are, are they do unofficial Doctor Who annuals, and so they're done in the style of the Doctor Who annuals that, that we used to get back in the oh, day. Really? Yeah, uh, and and they've done a few of the publications. I think they just did uh, a uh, the unofficial Doctor Who TV annual. Um, I want to say for like 1984. And it's got Colin Baker. It's got the Sixth Doctor. It's mostly focused around that. But their their next publication is coming out is the unofficial guide to, or not the unofficial guide, the unofficial master the annual. Yeah, master annual, nineteen seventy something. But it'll it's Delgado. It's all specifically uh, Delgado's uh, uh, master. And they wanted it was I actually I think they were supposed to they were shooting for a target date of getting it out this week because apparently this sometime this week I think is would have been uh, Delgado's birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just a couple of days ago. Yeah, so I think that was their target date. Unfortunately, have been delayed by a month. But I'm actually more excited about that <laughs> than I am something that's official coming out. So, huh. and, but I think part of that's because we're not you know as you said you know we just saw. The master, and I'm sure some of these stories could be Delgado's doctor in this book, but we just saw the master, and it it still feels really like new and recent with the Delgado stuff, and it's just Delgado. I haven't you know seen a lot of Delgado recently, so I'm yeah. excited about that. So, hmm. if I can find that group, I'll uh, put a link in the show notes as well on that. Yeah, because I want to order some annuals. <laughs> I only have two, and they're the greatest things ever. And I've reread them and 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 reread them. And re-read you ought to go to um, uh, eBay. A lot of times, you can pick up Doctor Who annuals for a pretty decent price. I mean, they're a little—they're obviously going to be a little more than you would have paid for them then, but not, you know, 
astronomical. That's now. a rabbit hole I'm not quite willing to Because <laughs> then he's got to have all of them. Yeah. yeah, right now those two are just sitting there. <laughs> if I pick up a third, man, that's a slippery slope. <laughs> Our last bit like of the show's been on for 50 years. <laughs> Plus. Our last bit of news comes from the folks over at Candy Jar Books. Uh, the next novel in the Bloodlines storyline is available for pre-order. It's the fourth installment of the five-book sequence of novels. And I I read out I I read this blurb, and I was so confused because we're so far behind <laughs> <laughs> that it made not a lick of there there are names that I understand, but that's about it. <laughs> Well, shame on you for reading the blurb then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, shame on us for getting behind. But between the big finish anniversary and the show coming back, and we, we, we have kind of fallen off. We have fallen off. But, reminder, next week, Laughing Gnome. Yay. Havoc Files. Havoc Files. But if you, ha- if you have not fallen off, listener, you can go pre-order book four of the next storyline and i suppose that's an important note is you know we we have fallen off the pace we have not given up on them by any stretch of the imagination we are still continuing forward we are still doing reviews and looking forward to getting back into them so rest assured constant listener and they assure us that downtime two is coming still coming Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) i just saw that andy was andy was working on it (laughs) was kind of shade throwing there (laughs) (laughs) just saying just saying that's it for news first up in feedback is jamie jamie writes series 12 episode 10 wow just wow okay vortexers where do we go from here the doctor imprisoned by the jadoon the companions the fam back home and everything about the Doctor, the Time Lords, and Gallifrey turned on its head. It's a good episode. The story of the Timeless Child is well told. The Cybermen parts are well done and keep your attention. I love this incarnation and really hope they bring him back. Ashad was a really good villain over these past three episodes, though I'm getting tired of the powers that be pairing the Cybermen with the Master as seen in Series 8, Series 10, and now Series 12. (laughs) As much as I enjoy the Master, maybe it's time to retire him for a while. I'm very interested in your thoughts on this episode, and very interested to see how we get out of the cliffhanger we've been left with. Sorry if I'm kind of all over the place. I'm liking Jodie's performance after a lackluster performance last season. Here, she's a tour de force. Her anger at the Master is impressive. I'm thinking that next season will be the fallout from this. In some ways, this feels like the realization of the Cardinal Master Plan. The design of the Cyber Masters is really cool. Again, bouncing. We've got an answer to the Ruth Doctor, and the unknown faces from Brain of Morbius are explained. I'm okay with it. I still think having the Morbius faces being past incarnations of Morbius is better, though. So, Series 12 as a whole. Graham is charming as ever. Ryan's just kind of there, but still enjoyable and relevant. Yaz has really come into her own and grown as a companion. This is the Yaz I wanted to see last season, but didn't. And so the fam has survived. I'm predicting they will officially leave in Revolution of the Daleks to allow for a new companion in Series 13. This season is so much better than last season. Whereas last season was just kind of bland and safe, this season was big and took risks. 
yes, there were low points, looking at you, Orphan 55, <laughs> but on the whole, it was so much better. Thank you, Jamie. Yes. Thank you, Jamie. Up next in feedback is Holly. She writes, hey guys, man oh man, what an episode. Still trying to wrap my head around the whole thing. I really thought the mas- that the Master was going to be revealed as a timeless child. Those Cybermen Time Lords were really creepy. The ending with the Jadoon coming and locking the Doctor up, how is she going to get out of this mess? And I wish I knew more about the guy who took the Doctor's place. Could it have been the one who found the Doctor as an orphan? Wonder how much of this revelation is going to play into the holiday special and the next series. I'll wrap it up here. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank Thank you, Holly. Holly, I did not get the impression that that guy was the one who found the Doctor as an orphan. He was just the one who kind of kicked everything off by sending the Siberian back in time. Yes. Or at least part of the group that did. Yes. So he was just taking his ownership from there. Yep. Uh, Andy, a uh, good friend of the show, Andy Franken Allen, he uh, actually which. he sort of <laughs> he tweeted some stuff out the other night and then uh, and told us that uh, if we wanted to use that as feedback, we could. So we're going to because <laughs> uh, he had some good things to say about it. He says, uh, "Well, Doctor Who, nothing revolutionary and totally unexpected, but as someone who's never tried to deny what happened in Brain of Morbius, it's good that finally, it's good that this finally acknowledged." that what was shown in the story is what the script said. How many lives have you lived? Thinking more on Doctor Who last night, despite the hyperbole of the people who run the official Who social media, which is now verging on (laughs) sociopathy, uh, nothing's really changed at all. We've known a lot since 1976. Most fans have just refused to accept it and have tried to find ways to ignore it. All last night did we... All last night did was to further the mystery. The Doctor's still the Doctor, still a mysterious figure whose past we know little about. Still don't know where she's from, who she is. Oh yes, and that the Doctor started out as a girl, as far as is currently known, is endlessly amazing. Take that, not my Doctor haters. (laughs) (laughs) And then he goes on to say, thinking more on it. What we saw last night only confirmed that what we already knew from, in particular, season 25 that the Doctor was involved in the birth of the Time Lord Society, that he was there back then in what had to be and is now confirmed a pre-Hartnell life. My new headcanon is thus. When he regenerated into McCoy, some of his memory blocks were broken down, and it took him a while to sift through them. But in an incarnation, he was able to deal with them and and protect the secrets of his past. But those memories were lost again. Oh, and deliciously, the Cybermoon could have learned about this in Silver Nemesis if they'd been interested, but they weren't. Ironic that they were on hand when the Doctor learns some of the truth again last night. <laughs> <laughs> and that's true because even uh, uh, is it Lady Pinafore? She alludes to the fact that that the Doctor is older than or has had past lives in that, and I can't remember exactly how it's presented, but she alludes to that idea yeah. too, and which as they say, was was part of the McCartney master plan where they were they were setting up the fact that he, yeah, he was more involved in the foundation of Time Lord Society. Lady Fancy Pants had it right. Lady Fancy Pants <laughs> had it right. He goes on to say, so in short, taking in both Brain of Morbius and Season 25 last night didn't change anything even slightly, just added a few more details to the stuff already known. 
Well, thank you, Andy, for pointing that out, and I'm glad that you said those things because I I would agree with you. Yeah. Next up is uh, Ben Buckles. Ben, who uh, a friend of the show, uh, wrote to us on Facebook saying, I think they made a potentially fatal error in the new Doctor Who. I first saw it in Silence of the Lambs books and films. What made that character in the books and films so scary mysterious was that you didn't know his backstory. You just knew he was so dangerous he could kill you with a paperclip. Yet he was a brilliant psychologist with dozens of degrees. Readers and film viewers kept clamoring for more and more stories, causing the author to devote one of the novels to his childhood and upbringing. And once you knew that, he wasn't scary anymore. Interest in the series died. What made the Doctor strong, unlimited, clever, smart, and all those qualities and more was that you didn't know where those qualities came from, nor did we know if he had any limits, what he could do or could not do. He could do or be anything and everything. And ever since the program has returned, whether on screen or in the novels and comics, writers have been chipping away at the Doctor's mysterious past and background, and this constant chipping story arc has the potential of ruining the mystique reducing him to just another superhero. What's interesting is that we were given the backstory and origins from the start for Superman and Batman. Such didn't diminish them, but gave them their core principles. We knew they were who they were due to their past, and it gave them their strength. But when super characters have been created first with mysterious origins, and then later reveal them, it tends to ruin the character and kill the interest. The few times we got a glimpse of the Doctor's background during the classic years were always balanced with the reveal somehow strengthening our confidence in him, served as a plot device for the Doctor to tap into his background to become better and triumph. Such was attempted toward the end of this last episode, but it fails. Those past revealed tidbits were just that, little glimpses. Little glimpses balanced by massive, big triumphs. This last episode's story arc was a big build-up with a confusing backstory reveal, solved by a quick, rushed, patchwork, confusing success wrapped up to solve it. I fear from this day forward, instead of fans telling new potential viewers the typical backstory, a Time Lord who runs away, travels in time and space with companion friends, righting wrongs without using weapons, is now going to be a person from another dimension or universe who founded the Time Lord race, who runs away. Knowing that, is their interest going to be piqued? See this as something that has always been set apart from the typical sci-fi and superheroes, or just another typical one. Stop tinkering with the Doctor. Stop trying to make him into some internally tortured soul, and let him be a man in a box having adventures traveling the universe. Thank you, Ben. We'll get into that. I, I, I can see his points, but I, I, I disagree with several of the points. of that. Uh, what I think is, is I think what happened is it, adds to the mystery of the doctor it gives us a new place to go from in order to learn more about the the hero rather than chip away and and make them more of an omnipotent being because i don't think that's what i've, I've seen a lot of people it's not just brian said that uh or ben that said that i've it, there's been a lot of people that have said well it just makes them into the you know this godlike being and I don't think they've done that at all. I think what they've done is they've given us more room to tell more stories and to give even more interesting and mysterious background to the Doctor. But we can talk about that when we get into the reviews. That's what Tim felt on, on Tardis Sauce, if that makes you feel any better. 
Well, and it, it chipped sure. a, it chipped away more at the Time Lords Spoilers. than the Doctor. I think. Because, yeah, we learned more about the Doctor, but more so about the founding of Time Lord Society. Yeah, I th- well, yeah, I think what it did is it, it really kind of, and, and, and I think this is why they made it a, why they stripped her memory and why they eradicated some of the information from the Matrix is this really kind of drops Rassilon and Omega down a lot mm-hmm. of notches as far yeah. as being these, these great heroes of, of, you know, uh, uh, of time and, and these, the, you know, we've, they, the, the society has set them up on these pedestals of, of, of the greatness that they achieved. And Although they still achieved greatness with well, they the did, time travel They aspect. did, but it really knocked them down an aspect because it wasn't just, you know, they, they're not the fathers. Of, they're not the entirety of the fatherhood yeah. of yeah. the Time Lord society. There's another element in there and it's the other. <laughs> <laughs> but realistically, as we've said before, every time we get a piece of information about Rassilon, we realize how despicable he really was. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. So are we surprised that when <laughs> no, he seized no, control no, no. that he rewrote a little bit of the history? No, <laughs> no, no, not at all. In fact, it's more in his purview because, it, you know, as they've alluded to, people suspect that he really kind of, he was the reason why Omega, you know, ended up being trapped in the, the, uh, the antimatter uh dimension as well so it's trying to capture the uh, heart of that black hole so how much of the founding of time lord society was really omega and rassilon bumped him off trapped him right and right took credit e- exactly for it. well they're, that's what's implied yeah they've implied that they've implied yeah. it in, in s- several materials excuse me so what if tetayun is that the tetayun yeah what if this individual was Rassilon before they took the name Rassilon? Possible. It's possible, I suppose. Because, you know, I, I don't think it is. On your I, child. I'll tell you, I, I, I'll tell you why <laughs> I don't Rassilon think that. Thing. Because I think, I think Tetuan had to have been, had it been Rassilon, I think he would have taken credit for everything. And they, he only really takes credit uh, f- for time, to, you know, uh, obtaining time travel and setting up the, the Time Lord Society. And in lieu, you know, in, in, in conjunction with that, overthrowing, uh, was it Pythia, which was the mm-hmm. original ruler of, Galaxy, or of Gallifrey? Um, so I, I think he would have taken credit for that. I think he would have at least taken credit for finding the uh, ability to regenerate, even if he didn't admit that he had taken it from this mysterious timeless child that he had found somewhere. Um, I think that he would have taken credit for that. And he hasn't taken credit for, well, uh, that we know of (laughs) taking credit for uh, figuring out how to get the regeneration cycles. Right. You got a synopsis. Let's just get into our reviews. This is going to hurt. In the epic and emotional series finale, the Cybermen are on the march, and the last, as the last remaining humans are ruthlessly hunted down, Graham, Ryan, and Yaz face a terrifying fight to survive. Civilizations fall, others rise anew, lies are exposed, truths are revealed, battles are fought, and for the Doctor, trapped and alone, nothing will ever be the same again. 
we think. Go ahead. Possibly. Maybe. Do it. Do it, Sean. You're not going to do it? No, I'm not going to do it. Oh, you didn't like it? I won't say that. Uh, no, you did like it. I know why, because I already saw your TARDIS grade. <laughs> <laughs> we should have an asterisk on it. <laughs> there are, uh, yes, I liked it. Um, there are some absolutely massive, huge ideas. There is a lot of audacity. There is a lot of, of, of swinging for the fences and, and go big or go home. And I had, I like that. I really appreciate the fact that they they tried to tell this this absolutely gargantuan series shattering story. I think a lot of it was stuff that had been borrowed. Very much standing on the shoulders of giants and 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 kind of uh, uh, copying some ideas, and maybe not necessarily doing it better. I think a lot of it was stuff that almost worked and I think there's a lot of stuff that I, I'm trying to decide I go back and forth on this if Chibnall is as clever as he thinks he is because there's a very very cool clever thing that was done with this massive reveal that didn't change anything I mean, realistically at the end of the day the doctor is still the doctor yeah yeah and they uh you know, they yank the rug out from underneath us, and it's the same rug underneath it. I, see, yeah. I, I, that's just it, though. I think that it has massive implications for the lore, but it doesn't undermine everything that we have, as Who fans have loved and believed about the Doctor. And I think that's what it... I think that's where it, where it works, because it, it lands on two levels. Even though it's really made a lot of people mad it's made just as many people excited about what what has been done what's been established and what what it did for a lot of as, as andy pointed out people that kind of you know had always felt that there were pre you know Hartnell generations of the doctor that that brain Morbius had established that that you know the it, it i don't want to say it was a safe there was almost a safety net underneath this big massive change but there was a safety net under this massive change. <laughs> he didn't take and completely uproot the the lore, and he didn't completely uproot the character of the Doctor. But he gave us a lot of things to think about. You know, you know who's who got you know who the after that episode aired Sunday night. You know who got the biggest payout for this? Big finish audio. <laughs> <laughs> Have, they've got a good another 20 years worth of material now because, oh, yeah. just because of the fact that they opened up doctors' lives pre-Hartnell. <laughs> they can do anything they want it, now. It almost makes an argument. It, it doesn't entirely, but it almost makes an argument for the unbound doctors now. Oh, I totally think it does. Well, it doesn't because a lot of those stories, and we'll get to them, are what-ifs, and, and, and not that this is a different doctor at a different time. In some occasions, it's the doctor... What if the doctor, you know, this didn't, you know, Susan and the doctor didn't uh, uh, take Ian and Barbara on board? And why, what if they did? So there's a lot of well scenarios that are, are really still work as else world stories and not necessarily, mm -hmm. but there are a few in there. And one of them in particular, I think, is, is the most recent uh, Bernie Summerfield story in the Unbound Doctor Universe, 
where that doctor actually could have been, that she may have, you know, encountered a doctor that was pre Hartnell. So there is some indication, and, and again, we'll we'll know better when we've listened to the Unbound series, but there is some indication that some of the Unbound may even be worked into the, the but there are some that can't just based on the from the synopsis. Yeah, and in, in my mind, he's managed to canonize all of the oddball, you know, Shaka Doctor. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's that's now okay. It just happened pre Hartnell, um, even Cushing. Even although Cushing's little storylines are a little that too one's a little tougher to deal with, but maybe you know because he, he's not going to remember, so maybe he doesn't know that he's not human. Eh, you know, all right. <laughs> the, the issue with the Cushings or the storylines are similar enough that for him to go through the events again, it would cause a problem. Well, for yeah, the, like as, as from the dollar yeah, perspective, there's a lot more with the Cushing stories that yeah. don't work anyway but besides that but i don't i don't think it works for the, for the it, 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 it could also justify it, every version of shada yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't remember well, doing it <laughs> yeah, that's a good point uh speaking of shada um i knew it was gonna get a new if, if 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 no i'm giving you credit for your shada connection last week i'm gonna give you credit because there's a lot of speculation, and I agree with this, and I hope this is a that I'm jumping to the end of the story, but that ship that she's on that they pull out from, a lot of people are saying it looks very much like some of the model shots of Shada from the original <laughs> version of that. And there's a lot of people speculating that she's in Sh- that the prison is not Storm Cage, it's Shada. It didn't look like Storm Cage. No, that it didn't look question. like Storm I didn't get a good enough look at it, and I couldn't decide if it was st- supposed to be Storm Cage or not. And I, I kind of thought, well, it's interesting if they decide to go there or, or you know, make it. There's a lot of people saying that that is Shada. They suspect really? that that is Shada, which I don't know why the Jadoon's using Shada for <laughs> imprisonment. But <laughs> it's the used. Time Lords that contracted. That's true. Because if it's the same if it's the group same, that was hired yeah. when they were tracking the Renegade Doctor, which was the Ruth Doctor, and because that was the same uh, Jadoon, then there's a possibility that the Time Lords, especially pre Hartnell, Doctor would incarcerate her in uh, yeah. in, in Shada. It's true. All yeah. they needed was a location. They all that's right. all they had to have was to teleport her. Exactly. So they don't even need access to the prison. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so so I'm giving you a tons of credit. In fact, I sat down. I to, called it. I <laughs> sat down to edit the show. I sat down to edit the show, and I remembered in last week's episode, I gave you a hard time because I was like, no, I mean. Number one, you were misremembering Shada. There weren't any empty timelines, and and so I, I. But then I thought, well, I need an episode title, so I called the episode a Shad, comma Shada, comma coincidence question mark, and I thought I'll, I'll, I'll throw him a bone. And then I watched this week, and I went, if that is Shada, then I am totally giving that all to him. <laughs> he, he didn't he didn't connect the dots in the right way. He was kind of like the kid that turned the Pizza Hut. A placeholder over and just connected the dots because they didn't, you know, in any way they wanted and made a totally different picture. That's how he connected the dots, but I'm still going to give him the credit for connecting those dots. He still got, made a picture. Got there in the end. <laughs> yeah, I made the joke earlier that uh, I, I, all of my theories, every single last one of them regarding this whole season <laughs> were wrong and not even close and out the window but i guess if shot we'll give you that one we'll give you that one (laughs) (laughs) if 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 next christmas or next holiday time that that's shot you've won wow (laughs) 
<laughs> you won one. I win the internet. <laughs> no, there's a ton of things that... I don't know. I, I There's a ton of stuff to really get excited about and, and like. And there's a ton of stuff that I can see why fans are like, eh, that's not my, you know, you no, you can't do that, blah, blah, blah. And for those people, if you're one of those people that's genuinely upset about the Morbius thing, that, you know, and, and I've, that's a hill, honestly, that I thought I would die on once upon a time. That, no, those are Morbius's faces, not the Doctor's faces. And now I have well, to go back and relook at that and go, well, maybe not. But if you're one of those people that's genuinely upset over that, here's the outs, because Chibnall worked so many outs into this story. First of all, the master is the one telling the story. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. And he is yeah. a, he's a unreliable, no unreliable narrator. <laughs> Two, the first thing out of his mouth is, I was in the Matrix poking around trying to hack it. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> so you corrupted some data. Everything that you were shown in the Matrix could be a fabrication that the master wants you to see. This is The Matrix itself has he's, been hacked before. Right. So we know that the, 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 the pure data stream in there is not see but here's here's the thing is and i understand what you're doing here sean and i appreciate what you're doing but what you're doing now is exactly what those same people you're trying to comfort did with brandy Morty, morbius mm. <laughs> they went back and they said okay well the do you know hartnell was the first doctor so it couldn't have been past lives because you know, this particular story cemented, I can't remember which one, cemented that Hartnell was the first incarnation. So those must have those must have been, you know, they're, they're presuming, those must have been <laughs> Morbius' uh, past lives. That's what we were seeing there. Right. And so you're doing now what they did then in order to justify the fact that Hartnell was the first Doctor. Mm -hmm. So, that... that Yes, I appreciate what you're doing there, but it's the exact same thing that other people look at and go, well, the Uj somebody else just did that to me. So you're doing it to them. You're, you're, you're That's exactly my point. Right. That's what I'm saying is <laughs> if, you, if you're upset and you don't want your Morbius to be destroyed, well, here's an, here's an out for you. You just keep believing <laughs> that because you could, you, could, you could make this justification for it. More than anything, he gave an, the next showrunner an out to go, well, no, the Master was just lying this whole time. And undo what he's just done. Well, yeah, and we've seen that happen before with Moffat. Yeah. Moffat <laughs> reset the Time Lords by saying that the moment was, you know, just the the fiftieth or yeah, fiftieth anniversary special. Yeah, was basically recasting what and the uh, next showrunner wouldn't even have to Davis work so hard. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but look, isn't it interesting look, that Chibnall has made a, a concentrated effort to kind of undo everything Moffat undid? Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Now there truly is no... So we, 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 wiped, no we wiped out Gallifrey. Gallifrey. There are no Time Lords. You're the last one. Moffat comes along. Well, no, we're going to fix that. We, <laughs> we saved him and... and oh, and we're, giving you, and we're giving you more regeneration. We're, we're, we're going to do that. And then <laughs> Chibble comes along and goes, no, no they're we're all wiping dead. out Gallery, Gallifrey, and it didn't matter that you got more regenerations because <laughs> you were going to regenerate anyway. <laughs> and also ensured that the show will go on forever. Yeah, yeah. Which is another thing that I, I'm not I'm not sure is a good thing. What's and, that? Well, under the the, 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 the the Morbius rule, which is what I'm going to call it for lack of a better title, where we all thought twelve is that we were we were we, we were all under the assumption that twelve was the number. And then Moffat well, comes along and Morbius kind of, Morbius didn't set forth 
the twelfth, the twelfth generation. Deadly it was Deadly, deadly Assassin. Assassin. You're yeah. right. Sorry. Yeah. Um, okay, it was the Deadly Assassin. That deadly Assassin <laughs> is what broke Morbius. Yes. The lore busting in that is what broke the Morbius story. But we've all taken it from, from Deadly Assassin on. That's been the rule. We've all just kind of taken that at face value. That, 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 that that's the way this works. And so then Moffat comes along and comes up with this huge engineering feat to not only solidify it, but explain it and then retcon it by giving us more <laughs> and, and you know moving those goalposts. And so now the Doctor has more regenerations. But doing it in a way that we were... We, well, we, he... he... It was he necessitated him moving the goalposts so he could be the one to do it. Right, right. He didn't move the goalposts in order to do it. Well, he did, but it moving the goalposts necessitated him being able to do it. it he had to move the goalposts, or else the region, he wouldn't have made it to the area. He, he didn't see himself making it to right. the point where we, he we, could we, fix it. We that. were coming yeah. up against that ceiling, right, and right. needing a way to fix it. So he came up with this whole scenario to fix it. Okay, great, but. One of the things that came out of that was we never knew how many regenerations Matt Smith's doctor was given. Did he get another cycle of 12? Or was he kind of just given a blanket, you know, a blank check? You're, you're just going to regenerate until, you know, right. as whatever time that you decide not to. Right. We don't know. And so now Chibnall has kind of stepped on that and said, it's always been that way. The Doctor has never died. From all the way back at the beginning of time. Right, right. The Doctor's had this ability to keep regenerating, keep regenerating, keep regenerating, keep regenerating. Which suddenly does kind of create a, well, then what did the Time Lords do for Matt Smith? Well, because see, he was going to well, regenerate. No, and yeah. I've got a headcanon for that. And okay, it's the fact that, so because they wiped his memory and he didn't remember that he had these previous lives. So he thought he was out of regenerations. So all that cloud of regeneration energy did was kickstart the next one. Not give him new ones. Right. Just kickstart the next one. Because that's what caused him to regenerate. Right. Because he mentally well, thought he was going to die, no, so he would have no. died. The yeah. other thing that okay, that did, that. But, but, but the other important thing that you're missing there is the other thing that it did is it gave him the energy in order to take out the Daleks. Oh, Daleks that's true. Too, yeah, because he used that regeneration as a weapon as well. And that's what ended up taking out the Daleks and saving Christmas. So well, it also explains. So it did. It does. It it maybe cheapens the fact that they gave him that gift of twelve more regenerations, but it he still needed that energy boost in order to take care of the and and put the stamp on and finish that and save Christmas. So it wasn't a waste. Yeah, no, it wasn't a waste. It also explains <coughs> why did Matt Smith have the ability to heal River's wrist? Yes. Why did he have this leftover regeneration energy? Yeah. Well, because he's always got this regeneration energy. He just didn't necessarily know it. So there's a lot of things that kind of pile into this. But now, and, and I, I understand from, a, uh, from an overarching meta story standpoint, the Doctor's never going to die. You know, their name is in the title of the show. This, it's just not going to happen. Right, right, right. But the moment you introduce this regeneration so that you can carry on with a new actor, that's a very cool mechanic to have. But the rule of 12 gives us a an endpoint. There's something that's going to need to happen to move that goalpost, which Moffat gave to us. Okay, great. But we still need to have that 
that finale. We still need to have that no, finite number do, out there. Because you would always just be moving the goalposts no matter right. what. They, right. they, they That's would what continue would happen. To do so it. why bother? I think the other things that you have to... to because to, the doctor is now immortal. No, no, you're reals. wrong. You're absolutely wrong. And here's the reason. Because we have said many times through the series that the doctor can die. The doctor has the ability to die. A, a regeneration could be interrupted. And that was the whole point specifically of the river song the story astronaut. the impossible astronaut was that she she was going to pump him through enough energy that before his recy- before his recycling he was she was going to kill him and that would kill him for good and they knew that they knew. so they haven't changed that at all the doctor can die the doctor nearly died from the toxicity on uh uh metabilius 3 not metabilius 3 the uh adrazani thank you adrazani I, I love that story. I don't remember. That. He nearly, nearly died from that, and be, and and it was alluded to that that he near because of the toxicity of that, he nearly didn't regenerate. And that's what kind of caused that regeneration to be a little bit wonky in his illness. Well, we've retconned that. That's what that, that <laughs> right. is. But we've retconned a lot of stuff. Um, and the other instance was uh, oh, uh, when River tried to attempt to kill him the first time with the the lipstick. Had she not given him her regeneration, uh, he was in that paralysis where he could not regenerate. Right. He was going to die. So we have established that the doctor still can die. But but all of those instances are retconned based around what we thought we knew of Time Lord physiology of Time Lord regeneration. But the Doctor still has Time Lord physiology. But the Doctor, the doctor is still, not a the, Time Lord. the template for the Time But Lords. he's the template. And so everything that has come from him for the uh, uh, Time Lords is basically the, his physiology or his, her physiology, their physiology. So they still adhere to those same rules that have been established. Nothing's been said that that's not true But, but nothing has been said that it isn't. No, but, you're, this, you're, this, this, you're, you're right. This is you're the point right. that I'm arguing is that you can look at it in in the way that all of these things that River was concerned about or that, well, this will stop the regeneration cycle. Stuff like, they have retconned that into... From the perspective what we, of... What we know about Understanding that the Doctor's a Time Lord. Exactly. Yes, yeah. But once we have now established that that's not the case, the Doctor has been immortal, you're going to tell me that this being that has lived for the entire length of Time Lord society, however long back that is... Well, it's is, been billions. It's been billions, billions of years. Of years has never run into a situation where they got hit with uh, something interrupting their regeneration process before that well, would have killed them, clearly, but didn't. Clearly not, because the 13th <laughs> Doctor's still alive. I mean. But that's just it. So, you know, I, I, in all of that time, in I think, all of that I think long that, timeline, there would have been Spectrox poisoning. That's the there le- would have been But that's the that least of done. our worries right now. And the reason being is because, again, this has been done time and time again. The first Doctor was never established to be a Time Lord at all in the time that that's, that series was on the air. There was never explained. They were he and he and Susan in the original script were from the future, but right. they were they were patently human. They were humans from the future that got excised from the script, fortunately, and that's what why we've we've evolved into what we've evolved. Regeneration was added in in order to, you know, create another cycle for a, a new actor come on board for a very successful television series. And that worked. And so that gave us. But we never established where the Doctor was from. Uh, if you want to argue it, uh, Terrence Dix was the first lore breaker 
stepping in and introducing us to the Time Lords, stepping in and introducing us to the fact that there's controlled regeneration, that, you know, and, and then that the, the gener- and that the uh, Time Lords, you know, uh, can basically control what happens uh, to the physiology of, of the regeneration cycle. So, and then again, when, when uh, Morbius came along and, it, and gave us the idea that there were past lives before uh, Hartnell's doctor, and then Deadly Assassin stepped in and, and argued that no, there's only 12 lives and he was on his fourth. So, so there has been instances where this has happened and Doctor Who's gone on and adapted itself and retconned itself in order to make things work. And that will continue to happen in the future. So it doesn't matter that right now, it appears that she's immortal. Eventually, somebody can step in and say, well, no, because those regenerations still apply to her. And it just takes one story or there was a, I'm sorry, interruption of regenerations apply to her. And it just takes one person stepping in and writing that into Doctor Who history for it to make it be canonical. Right. So and, and that's, and that's, I don't think there's any worry about that. Well, I think that's, that's why I'm, a, back I'm to... all of these people up in arms over, oh, you've completely screwed everything up. No, no, they haven't, no, because they you haven't can hand wave it the next episode, and it's gone. It. And, and that's why I, I'm trying to decide if Chibnall is as clever as he thinks he is, because he's given us this Im- immense, earth-shattering, all of these things changed, and yet nothing did. Right, right. And that's no, why really I do does. think he's that, clever. That's, yeah. That was the intent, is look at what I'm doing. Nothing is different. And yet, there's a lot of stuff, as I said, for all of the big, huge ideas that are present in this episode there's a lot of them that feel like this wasn't really well thought through for example okay so the master kills all Galfrey. did he have to kill some of these people five six seven eight times because that's how many regenerations they had left over and then chuck them in the freezer potentially the thing is i think what so how what, much the, multiple mass murder are we talking the, and that's and that's fine because i think that's either something that a can be left a mystery or b can be explored later in fact, I think that that's probably things that that Chibnall felt could be explained in, in you know extra material outside the the uh, uh, television series or something that somebody could, could deal with later. Again, it only or has doesn't to be, really need to be explained. or doesn't need well, to be explained. The or reason because drop this, this line. Is, this somewhere. is where fans come from. This is the geeky nature of obsessing over the minutia of a show. The idea of putting dead time lords in Cyberbomber is terrifying sure, sure how cool was that and the great look and the capes and the thing and yes fantastic all kinds of excited about this shoot him blam okay first of all why do we need cyber armor because it's pretty much worthless if you're going to get shot and fall over dead it's well because it looks like, cool it's like worse than storm because it armor. looks cool <laughs> you have a guy beating you up with a stick you don't need the armor it looks cool okay but then he regenerates and comes back and billy asked he says Okay, so how many regenerations did that guy have? <laughs> if if he died and and the master chucked him into stasis or whatever, and he had used five of his regenerations, does that mean that according to this rule of twelve, that that Cyberman can only come back another seven times? Well, and the master has a line of they can regenerate forever. But why? They keep coming back. That's true. That's not explained. That is it's, not explained. It's not explained. No. And we get that moment when we, we go back to Tatooine when he's setting up the society, and we gift this to, it's woven into all the genetics of the Time Lords that we are now, you know, you can regenerate and you get 12 of them. But they still don't establish if that's a genetic imprint, that it only works 12 times and then it's done, or if it's a... 
Well, it's obviously Ray not Ray. because they gave it to I, I, they gave a new set of regeneration. Again, so the again, master, this is but here's the thing: is you are wanting all of the answers at once, and what I'm saying is what Chibnall did is he. In fact, there's a blank spot in the Matrix. There, if you look at that time, there's that yeah the, that huge there's that huge error. That, and I think number one, he has set that up for himself in order to do more lore changing or more lore building. At this point, it's it's not no longer lore busting; it's lore building because he's now dropped this bomb on us that's changed a lot of elements about the past and. Now he can build upon that, or he has the option to give other people. So yes, while the 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 questions about why do they have multiple re- re- regenerations, that is that's that to me is a is def is left hanging. That's 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 unforgivable. But something like you know those questions about uh, uh, what's her name Tet uh, Tetuan Tetuan. Uh, those questions are allowed to be expounded on later on. I mean, we will get a deadly assassin down the line where they'll explain why that they set right. up the, you know, the twelve. So, so I think in order to nitpick those sort of things that are left hanging, unless you become duck ponds in the future, <laughs> I don't think that we can bash on that kind of stuff or or even be all that frustrated that we didn't get those answers because again, it's built into that whole story of the Matrix. That that piece is missing. That well, even the, that, uh, because the, half of the story was a data dump, anyways. Right. Info that's dump. Where that oh no, data the majority of the story <laughs> was, was a data info dump. dump. <laughs> that's where that data bomb went off. That's why there's nothing there You're in right. the matrix. <laughs> we already covered that. in the Gallifrey stories. Yeah. Right. But so th- there's just a lot of moments like that that it had this grand setup and this huge implication and this big deal. But then once you start to pull up that thread, you go, "Now oh, wait a minute, does that really work or not?" And believe me, I'm, I, I liked this episode, and my Tardis grade is is because of the scope and the audacity and the hugeness of the things. I could be really, really down on it. I could delve into all kinds of things that were were poorly executed, like the Irish cop story on. That whole thing is a metaphor for the doctor's memory. Yeah, blind. absolutely. Yeah, it, was, really? it was brilliant. Yeah, and that no, was brilliant. That was clever. Brilliant. Yeah, because how much talking did that generate last week when we were trying to figure out who was, was this guy yeah. and who was that guy and how much misdirection that was? And it was it was Chibnall throwing directly in our face what he was going to reveal to us without revealing mm-hmm. it. That's what mm-hmm. I liked about it. I love the fact that it was a it was a placeholder for being a metaphor of the timeless child, but also being so uh, how did they exp- how did the, the the master explain that it was something that would be so mundane that people would ignore it, that they would see that and not not yeah. think that that was anything to con- and so it was basically overriding that data that was trying to be hidden that that, that he managed to get through. And and I thought that was brilliant. Uh, that was I when because after last week sitting there watching that, thinking how could that even possibly be resolved <laughs> or tied into this next story, and for it to just simply be a, th- a construct of the matrix, I thought was perfect. Yeah, perfect. It would have been too far of a stretch to have it be anything else. Yes. Yeah. Well, in confines like, of the way the story like maybe is a Captain Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm still going to give you a hard time about that. <laughs> I, I want to talk about how upset I am over uh, Coke. What's what's the guy's name? The Koshaman. 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 Yeah. Let me tell you how. What's upset his I face am from Game Koshaman. of Thrones? Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Let me tell you how upset I am about Koshaman. 
Koshaman's running around, <laughs> and he's awesome. He is so cool. In and this story. In this story. Yes, yes. He's talking about blowing stuff up, and, he's just, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm loving this guy. When are you going to pull the rug out from under me? When's he going to pull the mask off and be real? And then we're setting bombs on the ship, and he's got his little Bluetooth headset on, and he's talking to somebody. And then they don't cut to who he's talking to. They never revealed who he was having this conversation with. And I was like, aha, there it is. He's spoiling the plan. He's letting the master know. He's doing, I knew it. He's a bad guy. And then the bombs all go off accidentally. Oh, you're, you're a saboteur. I knew it. And then it turns out he's not. He actually is the greatest character ever. And I'm like, man. But you're only mad about that because you presupposed last <laughs> week right. that he was yeah, the master. And you, totally, I've, I have you warned you. Totally right. I have warned you about that. You can't build this stuff up in your head because you're going to be let down all the much more right. the following week. I am not disputing that at all. <laughs> this is me admitting, man, I was stupid. I, I, I think one of my only one of my only niggles about it was the fact that that happens and everybody's off the ship and we didn't get to see that. Yeah, they were I able to get totally, out. It was a quickly. little too convenient. I was totally thinking there was this TARDIS on the cyber ship. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, so where did this come from? And it well, wasn't I, until Jody went and stepped into one. Right. End, I think I, it right. helps that oh. it, if you notice when it lands, it lands oh, it, on top of yeah, and it destroys buildings. <laughs> yeah, so it'll crush They could literally go through yeah. a floor and get into the yeah, building it, out it, of the it, ship. It's, it's it's possible. Don't get me wrong. And that's why quick. I say it's a little bit of a niggle. It, just, it, it was too quick of a cut. And the other thing that I had a problem with is, and mostly because this will get them away later so that when uh, the master comes back, this is how it happened. You did you hear the the master comment about quick get out get in there or something? He makes a comment. I don't remember exactly how he says it, but it's almost eighty yard in there, so that later you can say, oh well, he went. That's how he, he managed escaped. to get out. But it was like get in there quick or something. It was like he was ushering a few Cybermen into the into a TARDIS to make a quick getaway as well. And I really feel was... like that was ADR'd in later so that they could bring him back later. So we're not going, wait a minute, we watched the whole Citadel blow up. You know, yeah, the... but we watched him burn alive. Oh, you yeah, know, absolutely, I mean... absolutely. And But here's the thing is I, I maybe that that's they... why it bothers me because we have always we've brought the best. Right, we've never needed it back, with the exception of the stupid resurrection scene in Time with the Doctor, which we didn't need that either. But <laughs> That at least explains why he's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he was crazy before well, but I mean, that. But, but this was really crazy. This was like well, super true. crazy, super crazy. Not yeah, just a little yeah. Bit, but but, like, I, but I, I, you I, were broken crazy. I am now landing on the fact that this is uh, incarnation after Missy. I don't oh, have yeah, a problem absolutely. with that now. So, and I really hope that the Cybermen don't get in there with them. So I would, I would like to yeah, have that yeah. plotline I'm, be done. I'm hoping they don't, but I think because him particular is saying, "Quick, get in there," or whatever he said, something to something that. About, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Something along the lines of "Follow me," or oh, yeah, follow me, quick, follow me. So or it's possible like that. that it's you know that's him gets why in, I but think not he. Them, so. uh, that's why he think he got it. And a lot of people are dogging on the design of the cyber time lord thing. I didn't love the headpieces. Oh, I, I loved, loved, it. You, I, I I loved, loved it. the and intricate it, designs on the helmet. Here's why. I the loved etchings. it. People are saying, why would they have those collars? Why on earth would they have the collars and the robe-like coverings? And I, my, my, my answer to that is, 
dressing for the occasion. Oh yeah, that it's is the, it's so totally the master the deciding the to master. do that. That is why yeah. they're designed that. And they way. need a headpiece. They need something because they that. can't have the handles anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they're not actual Cybermen. But somebody they're pointed out. Somebody pointed out. Said, "Aren't those like uh, collars? Aren't those? Don't they look like they're made of gold? <laughs> Isn't that problematic?" <laughs> <laughs> They never look gold to me. They still look silver. Maybe, maybe the master corrected that in this new design. <laughs> yeah. that, that's how. That's how off the chart arrogant this man is. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put gold on the costumes. That's what I'm going to do. I just it the 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 show has given it tremendous implications for the future, and I, that's uh, that's what I like about it. I think that that's what's best about what Chipmunk did here. There's so much more now to explore, too, especially with this new division, which I assume is a subsection of the CIA. I think it is the CIA. I think it's what became the CIA. Or, yeah, what was before the CIA, maybe? I think it's what, yeah, I think it's what the CIA became. What preceded the CIA. Yeah, I think it's what becomes the CIA eventually, yeah. And there's, it's, what's great about how he told the story is there's so much of it that, okay, we, we presume and, okay, connect the dots ourselves. And then you continue to connect those dots like, oh, well, whatever renegade or uh, fugitive doctor was doing that made her run away was while she was with the division. And so, you know, it continues to connect those dots to what we've learned. It's well, cleverly done. I love that the, the, the division are, are, was a group of uh you know interventionists they wanted to yeah. be involved and it's that's solely what the doctor's been you know about this whole time is that he 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 she has always been upset with the fact that the time lords were just observing and never stepped in and, and did anything and that, yeah. that's uh being that faction of, of a foundation i think is pretty cool lots of lots of cool things they can do there absolutely graham continues to be the best thing <laughs> ever. And he had me worried. He legit had me worried when he turned to Yaz and says, if we don't Oh, yeah, it, yeah, I, yeah. No, no, don't do it, don't do it. And he oh, gives this absolutely... What a great speech. Brilliant speech. And she's like, yeah, you're, you're a pretty good human. That's it. That's all I get. <laughs> I'm from Yorkshire. That's a, that's a... What did she say? That's practically a love letter. <laughs> Sarah turned to me during that scene and said, oh, no, Yaz is going to die, not Graham. <laughs> I wondered about that, too. She was, man, she she was the first one headlong into that barrier. Oh, I mean, yeah. She just, just gone. Just yeah. gone. She just goes in. Yeah, Yaz grew leaps and bounds in this. Um, and then and then Ryan. I was legit concerned for Ryan after, because this harkens back to those moments in um, the Ghost Monument. Where he's all gung ho uh-huh. and grabs yeah. a gun yeah. and I'm gonna go fight the thing. And now he's on the other side. Now of he's that. hesitant. I, I loved that. Yes. No, that was great. That was such a great. It was such a growth moment. That, that for was him. what made yeah. me think. Oh, they're gonna kill him. They're gonna force a gun into hand and he's gonna wind up dead. <laughs> I, I, I love the how they came full circle too. And it's something as simple as when he throws the bomb. <laughs> and do you remember in Spyfall from yeah. the beginning where he missed <laughs> the, the shot? And this time he, makes, he, ma- he nailed it. it yeah. That was such a nice moment because I saw that and I was like, "That was completely a callback and a a, 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 a follow through from something that happened in in or didn't happen in uh, Spyfall." So I thought that was brilliantly done as well. But I was I was with you. I kept there were moments where I was like, "Oh, we're going to lose one of these companions." Every time something <laughs> came up, I was like, "We're going to lose." 
And I, I genuinely loved, although it wasn't all that much of a surprise, but I genuinely loved when the uh, Cybermen are, are bearing down on Ryan and, and, and the other two. <laughs> and you hear the shots, and then it cuts away, and they're, they'll, you know, the Cybermen are dead, and there's the three standing behind him, and he has pulls the helmet off. And I was like, okay, I should have seen that coming, but I still <laughs> love that. That was so great. <clears throat> and, and what a great one. We've never had that. No. No. no, no. such an old trope. Well. We had the doctor <clears throat> in a Dalek. <laughs> well, we've we've had an Ian and a Dalek, and we had uh, Litton and the other guy that were uh, using the Cybermen. Oh, in, that's uh, right. Yeah, attack Revenge of the, the Cyber. or attacking yeah, the Cybermen. You're right. I'd forgotten yeah, about that. They they were subverting the the by using the suits. Yeah. So no, it has happened before. But um, I, what I liked about it though was the fact that something. I mean, what every fan was probably screaming when when. Graham was coming up with a suggestion of, of hiding in the cyber suits. Every screen, every fan was probably screaming, and I internally was going, "Uh, there are remains." And he says it. Oh yeah, he says they it, addressed and the they issue. addressed it, and I liked that. And as I, I, I was like, "Okay, I'm glad you're acknowledging we the fact." Scoop all the goop. Out. There's some gruesomeness <laughs> in there as well. The smell oh. in that helmet. Yeah. <laughs> But the, the the genius part of it too. We 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 see we don't even really see we just know that they're cutting them up and 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 getting ready, and then you don't see any of the in between. You don't see Graham bumbling into walls and not being able to see and making a, a stormtrooper helmet joke. Right, you know? right. We, we right. don't get any of that until the reveal. Right, and it was I, that's why we forgot. That's why right. it was so. Oh yeah, okay. Should've right, because all we see is this scene of Ashad, you know, while they're hiding in the suits and right. searching him, searching for yeah. it. I don't know that I'd have had my eyes open. <laughs> the, the the minute that Tupperware door opened up, I'd have been, you know, <laughs> I don't want to look through that screen and see him recognize that I'm in the suit. Yeah, yeah I don't want. Yeah. I'd rather just be blasted and be, you know. Didn't see it coming. <laughs> Quite literally, <laughs> didn't see it coming. I tell you what, I like a lot, and it went back to last week. We were talking about specifically on Tardisauce how how great of a character Sean was, and how we'd like to see that be kind of, be kind of the next Davros, you know, <laughs> so and, and come yes. back. So well, much for that idea. And it wasn't until we were about I don't we, I was about a third of the way into this episode, and I kind of thought he's almost become one note. He's not as I'm. I'm not as impressed with him anymore, because he has no he he has very little vision for anything. He's just really kind of single minded on on his efforts. There's no there's no imagination there anymore. There's no what, what did I see in this guy? Well, and, and then the and master then, calls and, it out. And then we're <laughs> and then we get in just this is I'm thinking that we get engaged in that conversation with you know what's that? Well, then you're just robots, and I was like. He's totally saying what I'm thinking. Yeah, the revelation of the death particle kind of just takes all the teeth out of a shot. It does. It yeah. totally does. And he says, you know, what, what you, and he, well, you know, we'll become, we'll excise, then you'll just become robots. I was like, yeah, that's kind of lame. And then when he said, he, he starts talking about the uh, Siberium in him, and I thought, 
oh crap, the master wants to Siberium. <laughs> and I thought, and, and just as I'm thinking, well, that's going to be his end goal. That's what he shoots you. I was like, this is totally playing out the right way. <laughs> this is how this needed to happen because I was already starting to doubt his shot and starting to not like him as much as I liked him last week. And the master's kind of cleaned all that up for me. So I'm okay with that. I, I do like the insult to injury, the, the line. You throw a stick in this universe, you'll hit a robot. <laughs> I mean, not, not just am I going to make fun of you and your plan. <laughs> I'm really going to insult you. About the it. best line from the master, though, was after having Trump came in and he picks him up and goes, "Oh, I should have said you need to be cut down." <laughs> he thinks of it after he's already done. He's like, "Oh, I should use that line." I'm still laughing at his own jokes. <laughs> Uh, I should have. I should have said you need to be cut down to size. Uh, I uh, what's his name? Uh, Sasha Dwan. He's uh, he is so good as the master. He's just yeah. and he. I'm nervous every time he's on the screen. There never oh, before. You never know what he's gonna do. Yeah, he's he's so manic and so unpredictable that uh, never before. Has there even with John Sim, never has there been a master where I really felt like everybody was in danger at any moment because he was so unpredictable and you had no idea what he was gonna do. And 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 what solidifies that idea is just that when he turns and shoots a shot just before you even realize what's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just or zaps him with the matter decompressor. <clears throat> Yeah, the uh, brilliant, the brilliant, brilliant moments with that. The uh, uh, what was the particle called the, uh, the, the death particle? The death, death particle. particle. Or something like that. I was kind of like you. It was kind of like th- it takes the teeth out of him. Had um, it been, you know, it preserves anything within a cyber yeah. suits, it would have made a little bit more sense of, of a plot for the Cybermen. Well, right, use. but it, but 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 it would have followed along with the fact that Ashad, his ultimate goal was to be AI. Yeah. It it also is one of those standing on the shoulders of giants stolen yes, ideas. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Because Davros already did this with the reality bomb. <laughs> it's, it's the same thing. It's it, going to destroy all of it. it. You're absolutely right. And the the parallel too that I saw was that that harkens back to Genesis of the Daleks all the way back that far. Oh, tell is me about is it. the whole scene in there where she's holding the detonator for the particle? Yeah. And it's almost that moment of the hesitation of him, you know, uh, oh, putting yeah. the, the the circuits together to kill all the the Daleks. And I, I just, and that was, so, I mean, if nobody believed that Jodie Whittaker could perform, this was her moment. I mean, I've always thought she's a great actress in everything that she does, and and she's got some really powerful emotional, you know, meat when she acts. But that whole scene was just so exhaustingly emotional. I, I thought she was brilliant in that, that scene. In this whole episode. She was brilliant in this whole episode, but in that scene, just especially. So, my, my problem... And the speech she gives to the Master afterwards. Yeah. That was my problem amazing. with the Death Particle mm-hmm. is, is that it's a twofold stolen. When the Doctor originates this idea in Genesis and says, if you had a virus yeah. that would kill everybody, would you release it? Right. Davros, of course, gives us that great speech and says, yeah, I would. And then Davros invents a reality bomb that is going to kill everything, everywhere, except for what he's 
deem this. So now the Cybermen have a version of it that's going to eliminate all organic life everywhere. And the Master zaps him. And then the Master gives this wonderful, huh, I really thought that was going to kill me. Like, he was actively he, wanting to die well, and end it. And it didn't work. And so now it's just like, okay, plan B. La, 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 la. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> what, what a great moment for that. But then they set this thing off at the end of the story. And then he tries to escape. Well, and well, that's that's but, the but other problem with the escape thing. But. More problem. Why didn't it wipe out everything in the universe? No, it was no, supposed no, no, to be no. planet by planet. Planet by planet. Okay, was, when did they say that? Uh, when Ashad is talking, everything. is explaining what the God yeah. particle, God, God, God particle, the death particle is. We already solved that one. He explains that they they were going to go from planet. In fact, I think it's a, a destroying every organic planet by planet. I think specifically yeah. is how he says it. So it's only going to be localized uh, to that area, okay. yeah. to that planet. It I would wipe out the, the whole planet, and it, and it but would you'd have to go to each planet. And it I would, was under the impression they were going to add. It would just. And it done. would, as long as he had the Siberian, it would not kill him. It would not strip him of his organics until he was ready for the Siberian to uh, accelerate them or ascend them, ascend them to the to the next plane of of Well, that's what reality. they told him. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> well, that's what the Siberian was telling him. I believe that, <laughs> but uh, so considering that the Siberian is. In the master, would that then protect him from the death particle anyway? Well, that's good. Oh, that's see, good there's point. an even better yeah. way of retconning. That's it. a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, it's just so he's he trying to save need, his. He didn't need he's the just following. trying to save his Cybermen. Then. Yeah, you're right. He didn't need to follow me though, did he? Well, in order to say if if they want the Cybermen which, to show up, that's which, how they get it to be fixed. Well, Sean pointed out that he almost was disappointed with the fact that it didn't kill him when he when he shrunk a shod. He's he's so much baiting the doctor into doing it, do it to you know that I almost wonder now in the back of his head does he realize that the Siberian would have protected him anyway, and so oh, it, it would have been fine for them yeah. for the doctor to wipe everything out because he would still have survived. Interesting, I didn't think of that. I also uh, back in the negative column for just a moment, so we've got the death particle. The idea of dead bodies being resurrected to be put in cyber suits, been there, done that. Yeah, Rassilon already tried that in Supremacy of the uh, Cybermen. Mm-hmm. And in, in fact, he was going Death to put. Heaven. He was well. He was he was specifically going to put Time Lords. He was gonna he was gonna cyberize Time Lords in order to make them be, and yeah. and, and their the regenerative abilities would make them even more of a superior. Uh, uh, Cyber race too. So, well, if you're gonna steal Rasslons, <laughs> steal for the best. Although that that ended up being a subverted alternate timeline, so yeah. that was yeah, that was different. But um, the Carmel Master Plan. Oh, that's is this, that's totally where we were going. To, with totally this. Where yeah. we're going. Uh, well, the whole idea of the other, the Doctor being there at the time that society was being created, this mysterious other that, and then a lot of the stuff that was sort of quasi set forth by Mark Platt and Lungborough is both utilized and destroyed as well <laughs> at the same time. So there's it, it tore a lot of Lungborough up. There's to be take a lot of headcanon retconning that one in order to make that one work. But it could be like maybe false memories, false placement. Mm, yeah. Because I think I haven't read that one yet, but I think that one starts out recounting the seventh doctor recounting a lot of the the history oh then that's yeah that's easily so that could be easily fixed although 
you know, a lot of argument for uh, that I've seen. Uh, somebody purported that that the reason that the doctor tends to forget how old he is very frequently that's why could be to the fact that it's 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 almost a these memories are repressed and not erased and occasionally little things come through and i think andy made a good point pointing out that the seventh doctor probably started to remember a lot of this and that's why he becomes so mysterious and there's uh, things are alluded to in in the build-up for this master plan that that cartmel and the and the other fellows had put together that carries over into a lot of the new Virgin New Adventure stuff where we get a lot of that lore building in there. And I, I, I love where Andy's head is here about how a lot, a lot of that maybe is coming forth from, from uh, uh, being repressed. Uh, but he's able to kind of suss it out. But then when he regenerates into eight, he's, he suddenly has lost all of that, uh, uh, what what he's sort of re- recalling or what's coming back to him. So. And, and and would he have kept it if it hadn't been for the anesthetic? Yeah, good point. Process? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Could and, have been causing point. that amnesia. Good point. The other nice thing about this, the whole reveal. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Did, did you have other? The only other one would have been um, uh, the, well, obviously the Master and the Cybermen, as Jamie pointed out, has been done before. And then, um, oh, what was the last one that I pointed out? It was... Um, Oh, the, the idea of inserting a missing doctor into the timeline. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which we kind of covered last week. But it just, it just, all of those things are like, he kind of stole that. <laughs> well, it, no, he, he just re, he just borrowed some of you, you, you it. But it's, it's, it's nothing, though, that other writers haven't done before either, where they've, sure. they've borrowed well, said, upon that, borrowed. That, that, again, that's me being very yeah. negative on the episode. Uh, and I, I don't think want it's nowhere near as much of a carbon copy as uh, Mark Gatiss has done. One of the yeah. things... <laughs> yeah, that's true. One of, the, true. one of the things that I think is very problematic is the fact that uh, the fugitive doctor, Ruth, her TARDIS is a disguised as a police box when it's buried. And that specifically is... I mean, you, you'll have to retcon that in some way now because that is stated that when he landed there, the chameleon circuit broke and got stuck in that uh, uh, form. So that that will have to be somehow retconned and explained. Why is her TARDIS a police box if because, she is a previous incarnation of because ours? Because she landed in the 60s and it disguised itself as a police box and she buried it. <laughs> she hasn't been there that long, has she? We don't know. I just That's as- true, we I don't. I just assume it was a small village that still had police boxes. We the, obviously the, still the TARDIS has an affinity for police boxes. Well, yeah. I mean, we, the we've, the we've TARDIS seen actual have... t- police boxes in the show, oh yeah, yeah, in the modern era, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, there was an Eccleston one or a Tenet one where they walked into an actual police box and it was set during current times. That was uh, you're thinking of the Matt Smith one where he falls from he falls from wardrobe. Yeah, Doctor Will in wardrobe where he falls from space and the, yeah, but there oh, was it a, was World there, War II. there was a modern yeah, one, right. wasn't there? Where the I, thought, I could have sworn there was an Eccleston story where he thought it was the TARDIS, but it wasn't. I don't remember that. Surely there's still random police boxes around small London towns. Well, yeah, there's one sitting in a corner that you can find on Google Maps. Yeah, so I've landed nearby. A lot of people suppose that was there because of Doctor Who. (laughs) But who knows how long they'd been there, too. If if Ruth comes back, her TARDIS will be 
something else the next time we see yeah. it. It won't be a police well, box. Well, I loved seeing TARDISes that have working guns. <laughs> the tree. Yeah, that was great. And the, the house. house. Yeah. <laughs> Those were very cool. What's, anyway. what's great about the, the reveal also is we don't really know that the uh, Fugitive Doctor goes by the name of the Doctor. So the, our, our naming we convention. Do we do know. Do we? Yeah, she says, I'm the Doctor. She's, she oh, says okay. she's the Doctor. Well, then never mind. Because I was going to say... We're having to recall a few we, weeks, we, but... We just yeah, have to... Ass- she's I doctor. was going to say we just assume that he takes up the moniker, the Doctor, in his first incarnation. Yeah, no, she refers to herself as the Doctor. Well, then, never mind. I forgot that bit. Which is what retcons all these other Doctors. <laughs> it's still the same right, person. Yeah. It's just, you know, doesn't have to... Like the War Doctor, it doesn't always have to be called the Doctor. Just because it's the same person. I think what this did, though, most importantly, is it made, again, Robert Holmes, Graham Harper, Douglas Canfield, Philip Hinchcliffe, Christopher Baker, Robert Bank Stewart, and Christopher Berry all doctors again. Because <laughs> those are the faces oh. in Morbius. <laughs> those guys are all now officially, again, canonized as doctors. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh this one's gone long what else do you guys have anything it, else it's, before just, we it's, it's so funny that there there are pieces of this canosity that are so important that i can be upset over them and there are other pieces of this canosity that i can hand wave away and not give two <laughs> how many times have they destroyed atlantis i don't care <laughs> how many times has the earth been destroyed by solar flares? doesn't matter i'm sorry i just i, I this this story felt like an anniversary special to me it just oh, felt man. it completely felt the which open scale right, you could argue it's the 15th anniversary because here in a few weeks it'll be 15 years march 26th i think will be the 15th anniversary for the return of Doctor Who. That's so, true. I don't think that was the intention, but it to me it felt like a anniversary special. It just just I think because of the elements. And we haven't even talked about all of the callbacks of the the master oh, the, pointing to the fact that, that you know assassinating presidents, you know what he was talking about the phenomenon. Panopticon. Right through there, the Panopticon. And I was like, please go through that door. I need to see it. I wanted to see that, too. Is it still green? Have they painted it? Uh, that and, uh, well, just all of the, the when she... Oh, just the montage. When she re- uses her memory her re- to, to, to break through out of the TARDIS, to break through to get out of the TARDIS, or not the TARDIS, the Matrix, just that montage of shots was just amazing. Yeah. So and, cool. and, and way to rub salt in the wound by using that shot from Morbius <laughs> <laughs> to include it well, to make sure it's that, that's why I that's why I said at the beginning of this podcast was was Chibnall sitting down watching some Doctor Who and went watching Brainy Morbius and goes I think I can fix this <laughs> troll, troll level <laughs> a little lore busting. <laughs> All right, Sean, what do we got coming up with the schedule? You kind of alluded to it earlier. I did, because, uh, well, piece spoilers on the news next week. Doctor <laughs> Who is not on. Uh, so we, we're returning to the world of Lethbridge Stewart and the Laughing Gnome with The Havoc Files, which is their collection of short stories. And uh, we will be covering that in our reviews next week. You know what? Just occurred to me. What's that? Chibnall still has not lied to us. It's true. It's very true. 
We have to believe what he says now. Make sure you check in with Traveling Vortex for updates on this podcast. While you're there, be sure to click on the Patreon link. Consider supporting us. And uh, yeah, for those of you that are already supporting us, we appreciate it. And remember, you can send your comments to feedback at travelingvortex.com or by clicking on the Send Feedback link on the website. Until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. And I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.